learning happens when all things come together and what can only be described as perfect chaos. And welcome to the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda and David, and together we make up the Perfect Chaos team. Perfect Chaos not only represents how we started this, but also who we are. I'm an assistant professor of education at a local university, and David is a program director and professor at a nearby community college. Our backgrounds are diverse and range from sociology, criminal justice, fire, emergency medical services, emergency management, and together education. And this all comes together into our perfect chaos. All right. So AI or artificial intelligence, it is here. It's made its presence known over the last few months. And the first reaction I saw, and quite a few after the first reaction, it was all about how are we going to police it and how are we going to make sure students aren't cheating. So today we're going to take a look at AI and how it could or will affect education. And we'll be right back with this discussion after these messages from our sponsor. We are Rhonda and David, and this is our Perfect Chaos. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first off, it's free. There is absolutely no cost to start your podcast, as long as you've already got a smartphone or computer. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, so no need to go find anything else to get started. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You have the option to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. And we all know how much educators like for things to be all together in one place. That means just one username and one password that you have to remember to be able to work with your podcast. Podcasts can be a great tool to use in the classroom to allow your students to have a voice and a great way to get students involved. So if this sounds like a great idea to you, you can download the free Anchor app or just go to anchor.fm to get started. So it's kind of funny. I actually was going through the news feeds today and the local news station actually did a... Report where they went on to one of the primary ones that everybody is talking about. Right. And actually had it spit out a poem about the university's president and a rap about the sun sphere, evidently. Okay. <laughs> and so this stuff is everywhere now. Like it's come oh, out yeah. and it's readily prevalent, readily, readily available. Yes. Prevalent and readily available. That's where I was trying Prevalent to Prevalent and readily available, yes. And, I mean, even to the point that there's apps on your phone now mm-hmm. uh, that you can do. And believe it or not, if you want to have a little fun, you can have conversations with them you as can. well. So, what is AI? All right. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to start this, actually, because I've, I've used this example a few times uh since talking about it because there's a lot of people that especially the in the older generation that may not know about it because they're not on the tech side quite as much but well, i went be, back to wait hold on we're not going to generation i'm not i'm not but the ones that i've talked to are older in this yes. in this instance and so one way that i can tie it back is the movie war games 
Do you remember the name of the movie in War Games? I don't even remember the movie War Games. Madge, Matthew Broderick and... I don't think I watched it. I no, don't I know, watch I know the you same movies you Because do. you've watched it with me. So Matthew Broderick, as a child actor at that point in time, well, teenage actor at that point in time, he is a hacker, finds this computer, turns out to be the Whopper. War operations planning and response for the... Uh, uh, for the Department of Defense. And so he hacks in, and the guy that created is, he created, named after his son, Joshua. So he started playing games, until, and it was all fun and games until he started playing thermonuclear war. Oh, this is the one when they were like kids. It's they, an old movie. Yes, old movies. I think okay. it's the 80s. We're talking about 80s being old movies. but well, <laughs> And they did actually come out with the second one just uh, not too long ago. And uh, Is that the one where they go save the guy, they fly the plane and steal the plane? Is that that? Same movie? No, 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 stolen plane. Oh nope, they did steal a plane, and then they go to find save somebody's Stephen Falcon or something. Stephen Falcon was the the creator, but anyways, this all all aside, their computer, which was supposed to help them plot how war was going to happen, right, ends up taking over because its AI le- leaps out of the the box that it was in. Now, again, this is 80s, and the computer that it was built around was as large, if not larger, than our house. Well, yeah. So, but now we're talking about it in our iPhones and stuff like that. So, with that, go back to the question. What is AI outside of the movie War Games? Outside of the movie War Games, because I'm fairly certain the movie from the 80s that I don't really remember, but that's okay. Um, Because I think I'm thinking of another one where they steal a plane. Like a bunch of kids, they have a club and they steal a plane. No, 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 no. It's not that No, no, one. no, that's uh, Iron Eagle. Okay, that was the one I was and thinking Lewis of. Lewis Gossett Jr. is in there and, no, 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 kid flies to a foreign country, saves his dad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was what we were talking about. No, no, no. Oh, well. We'll have to turn it on tonight. You'll watch no, War Games tonight. No, I'm not watching War Games tonight. Faux show. Do you know how do you beat AI in that? Make it play tic-tac-toe versus itself. Oh, <laughs> I'm so, you know what? I just, I have nothing. I have nothing. We're still trying to answer the question, what is AI? All right. AI is artificial <clears throat> intelligence. Um, now, what we tend to think of is that AI is this big, huge, scary thing. But in reality, we're all using it all the time. So I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, these are, you know, very new things that are specifically designed for this kind of stuff. But like our social media itself has been using AI. Right. It it detects what you like, goes out and finds things and starts to target that. Right. From your, from your friends to potential contacts you may like to advertising that you might well, like. Well, even know. things outside <clears throat> of that, though. I mean, do you use Siri on your phone? Absolutely. That's AI. Alexa is AI. Um, the programmable thermostats, AI. Um, so So these are computer-based programs right. that are designed to do something, something. to enhance your They have life. been programmed to do some human-like function, basically. Um, now... One of the big things to keep in mind is AI can only do 
what it's programmed to do. So, for instance, we're not going back to your 1980s No, 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 movie. no, no, no. This is actually okay. real right now. Okay. Which, which movie are we on to? No, no, no movie. This okay. is actually, so an AI system right. put out there, it's in its box, so its programming says it does this. It actually right. leaves its box, teaches itself chemistry. Okay. That's actually real world here today and now. So... So AI can leap its box, that which is what makes everybody outside of the academic world kind of scared about it. Correct. <clears throat> uh, things like the self-parking cars. That is AI. Um, that stuff's advertised every day. Right. How many people like parallel parking? I'll raise my hand. You do like parallel parking. <laughs> parallel parking fire trucks even more fun. But, but parallel you're parking. Also, is... I'm fairly <laughs> certain. I don't know. Maybe back in episode one. We determined that you're weird. But we watch the Buick commercials now. And it's like, but you don't like to parallel park. Just watch. Click. And it right. does it itself. Right. Um, even lane sense technology. Lane sense yeah. technology. Even the one. And I know when we got my truck, it, did not, it is not on it. We paid extra to have it turned off. But where when you stop at a red light, it actually shuts it down. Right. And then starts it back up. Um that is AI. That is AI. All of those things are AI. So we haven't had a problem with those. So what's the big deal now? And I think that's the biggest thing. So obviously, since we've, we've talked typically about uh, education. Right. Why is education, why are we concerned about cheating with AI? Um. I think that's the first response, and it, it's really funny to me. Um, no, I shouldn't say funny. Not funny in a ha-ha, really funny way, but funny in a seriously. Um, anytime something new comes out, the first thing, at least in my circles, that I hear is, how do we keep them from using this to plagiarize? How do we keep them from using this to cheat? Right. Um, why is it that we tell kids, do not ever have your phone out? Because we're afraid they're going to use it to cheat. Right. Right. Why is it that, I mean, any number of things, why is it we check the programmable computers or programmable calculators before they can take their tests? Why is it, I mean, our kid, our youngest is getting ready to start end of course testing and when he goes in, if they do it the way we did it when I was teaching high school, you have a box and they all have to put their phones in the box and they all have to put their Apple watches in the box and they all have to put their AirPods, whatever they have that's electronic in the box so that they can't cheat with it. Right. So I think a lot of times that's the initial reaction is we need our kids to have knowledge, not to cheat. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, we'll kind of get into some of that in a little bit too, but I think that is the very first concern that comes up every time something new comes to the table. You know, and one of the things I find very interesting, and we've done this in our, our programs, you know, we've allowed people to use their books for a test mm -hmm. and the students automatically think this is the greatest thing in the world. Right. But they actually turn out to do worse. They do worse on... Yeah. The open book test, because they end up spending all of their time 
searching because if you haven't memorized where stuff is. Right. But, you know, you know I find this funny as, as we get into this, you know, the concern is cheating. Right. right? Um, and we automatically think that you've got to have all of this stuff in your head. Right. But as an academic individual, you start prepping for a lecture or you start prepping for an assessment or stuff like that. What do you do? I go back and you reread. pull up the material. Right. I review what I... And you're the subject matter expert. That's why you're in the front of the classroom. When I was in the hazmat side, we were out in the field. You know, we had dozens of textbooks right. uh, that were in the truck. We had a computer in the truck. And I, I know because I usually got uh, tossed up back there versus going operational because I was the... I like to research. Right. And before you send anybody downrange... You're... You're researching. Right. You're you're a physicist. You know right. everything. And you're still going and checking the reference manuals. I, I, I go back to the Big Bang Theory. You know, Sheldon gets this big thing, and then all of a sudden he's like, I should never have done this because I had, he, as he's looking his reference material, he had gotten the decimal place in one of them wrong. So none of that right. should have ever happened. And But he, you know, this bit, you know, granted, that's a television show, but... You right. know, you've got those big-brained individuals out there that have all that up there. But uh, Einstein would tell you, he couldn't tell you his phone number or how to contact him. He had right. to look it up because he's like, I, I don't need to know that. Right. Well, and I think that that has, I mean, and we have talked before about um, some of the testing that goes on and that kind of thing. I think that is a a product of the culture that has been built around education, this, this testing culture, this, um, you know, you have to know it all. And, and I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. I just would like for us to maybe take a different thought process sometimes. Um, but I think having our students be able to spit back out the information that that is a product of the current education system. We'll just leave it with that. Um, and so I think there is a very real thought process about they can't cheat. If they cheat, they won't be able to put it back on the test. And I think that when your job depends on it, yeah, that is... Maybe one of the first places you go to. So why do students cheat? Um, I'll be honest. I really want to do some more study on this. Um, just actually to like do the big paper on it. Um, but I think the thought process is that students cheat because they're lazy. And in actuality... Students aren't cheating just because they're lazy. Now, will a student cheat because they're being lazy? Absolutely. Yes. I'm I'm not uh <laughs> you know, I, I am not that person that likes to use absolutes of they're either all good or they're all bad. That's not it. Um but I think if we stop and and take some time and there's loads of studies out there about plagiarism and cheating and and all those kinds of things. But I think if we really stop and start asking our students, right, 
because what happens? Okay, so in your program, what happens when a student student cheats? So it it depends on what it is. We we have had some that have been rather egregious, um, and they've been removed from the program. Uh, and then there's been some in which they lose credit on a uh, exam or lose credit on an exam or something right. like that. In ours, you know, some of them are items like you know. Are they cheating by not doing a clinical rotation and signing right. somebody else's name on their document? Right. But, yeah. But it's always straight to a consequence, right? Right. This is what you've done, and here is the consequence. Right. So, um, there's, like I said, there's been a lot of studies. So, pretty much your top um, reasons for cheating, I think, would surprise most of us. Um, performance anxiety. Absolutely. They're nervous about what, how they're going to do. Inability to manage the demands of student life. You know, they're not just cheating because they want to cheat because they're lazy. They're cheating because they don't, they literally do not have time. Okay. Um, they end up in situations that encourage academic dishonesty. You know, things like, Hey, when we give the same test over and over and over and over year after year after year and teach it the same way and never change anything, that is a situation that encourages academic dishonesty. Okay. Um, sometimes they truly don't understand that they're cheating. And, and I know people might say, oh, well, you know, you've got to know. Okay. I teach college students and no, right. they don't always know. They don't understand what constitutes plagiarism. The the question about, especially self-plagiarism. Right. So I wrote something for your class, but I went into Dr. Right. X's uh, class, and it, it's my ideas. So. Right, it's my ideas, so I can use it. That kind of thing. Um, sometimes they don't understand the consequences. Sometimes it's peer pressure. And then... The smallest reason for cheating is actually the reason of, I just didn't want to do it. Right. I didn't want to put forth the effort, which I think is very, very telling. Right. So if you think about it that way, and we're looking at those things like they don't have time, they're stuck, they don't understand, they've missed something about the material, they don't understand it. Um, and it's now the paper's due or the assignment's due or whatever. They thought they understood it. Now they don't. Whatever. Right? The not really, truly understanding what cheating is. Right? Um, and I think if we look at some of those, some of those reasons are things that AI might could help with. Well, yeah. If we're willing to look at it. And just maybe not go automatically to their cheating. Right. Right. Because in my mind, it's just like anything else that's new. Right. When kids are old enough to drive, that's all we don't do. hand <laughs> them keys and say, here, go for it. Right. Right. We take time. We teach them how to 
how to get in the vehicle, how to make sure their seatbelts are buckled, how to find out what the speed limit is, which one is the gas and which one is the brake, you know, what speed they should not go over, how to use windshield wipers, right? We use all those things. We teach them those things. Here, you spend a year doing that. Right. Before they can go from permit to license. Right. And even then, we don't just let them loose. They have certain times they have there, to be back. They're, you know, right. There's curfews. There's how many us. people can you have in your car? Right. Those kinds of things. So what we find is while they may do a few things that they shouldn't do, typically it involves that little skinny pedal on the right, that gas pedal, um, and perhaps going a little bit above the speed limit. Or perhaps it's rolling through a stop sign or forgetting to wear their seatbelt. What you don't have is these huge, massive, in general, crimes committed. Right. Right. They're not out, like, running people over because, hey, that seems like fun. So in my mind, any new technology that could be used in education should be the same way. Let's take some time and teach them the appropriate ways to use it. And then we don't have to worry as much about the inappropriate ways to use it. Right. So by the fact that we took time and taught our daughter to drive, did that mean that she never made a bad decision in the car? No, no. But what it did mean is she understood what was appropriate and what was not appropriate. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that would total totally end the cheating debate, but I am saying, I guess, that perhaps we should start doing two things. First off is if you catch them cheating, ask them why. Right. And, and let it be a safe space for them to tell you why. Right. Not, oh, I did it because, and then all of a sudden, well, you kicked out of the program. And well, and, you know, if they look at you and they say, I did it because I was tired because, you know, I'm going to school and then I'm working, and then you don't get to look at them and go, well, I'm tired too. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not how that works. So let's talk a little bit about the technology itself, you know, and there there are a few different platforms that are out there, and and while they're considered new, they've kind of been out there. There's been some apps out there where you could take a picture of the math problem and it would work right. it out for you. Um, but the the main one that's out there now, you can you can put in anything. I need a thousand word essay on the correct declaration, the the origins of the Declaration of Independence. And it's going to go through and put it in essay format and even potentially give you references. Right. You know, but uh, like one of the things, which is why everybody's kind of concerned because, right. hey, I, I just... Um, wanted a 20-page essay on. And and it just did it. And so then they turn around and like, I don't want to write 20 pages. Right. So I'm going to go in. And worst case to wor- worse, it gives you 10 pages, and that's 10 pages done, and you can turn around and, and do an addition. Or, you, right. or it will so- solve math problems for you. Or it will... I mean, it's even out there now writing legal documents right. that, are, that are being used in the courtroom. So the question is, is lawyers are lawyers going to go away? And the, and the answer to that is no. Right. And I think, you know, again, part of this 
is we can use, so as a for instance, right? Have you ever been asked to write a paper about a topic? And you even know a lot about the topic. But you sit down to start writing the paper and you stare at that white screen with the little cursor just blinking. Just or keeps you, blinking. Or you type and type and type and And then erase it all. all and then <laughs> type, type and type and type, type. And then erase it all. Right. So, like, we do this. We have experienced. I would, I would guess that everybody at some point has experienced something along those lines. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes it's for big papers and sometimes it's for little things. Right. Sometimes it's for things like I need to come up with a title to this paper that I just wrote. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think on one hand, we can use AI and the technologies to help with that. Just with brainstorming, you know, and I kind of think about this the same way that I think about. Um, back when Wikipedia first came out, you know, and what was the rule about Wikipedia? Don't ever Don't use ever it. Use Don't ever cite Wikipedia, which is, I'm not saying we should cite Wikipedia, but what does Wikipedia offer us? Resources. Resources. If you go down to the bottom, it has all those works cited, all those references, and those can get you to some good things. And in my mind, some of these AI programs have that same capability. They can get us to a brainstormed idea. They can get us to some resources. They can give us a different, maybe, train of thought. Now, remember I said earlier, AI is, is not human. Right. Does what it's programmed to do. Right. So... What it can't do is give opinion. What it can't do is add the human component into the writing. The feeling. The feeling. The how does this relate to something in your life? It can't do that because, oh, yeah, it's not alive. It, it's just programming. It's just a lot of ones and zeros. I just... I. I just put in there, by the way, give me a recipe idea for tonight. How about making a delicious and healthy quinoa salad for dinner tonight? Here's a simple recipe. It gives you the entire shopping list and all the instructions to do it. And it took 30 seconds. That's great. And we're not going to eat quinoa <laughs> salad, but that's that. okay. But so I could, you know. It can but, be used for some learn. ideas. And um, I think that's one of the key things. It's like, let, let, let's get started. You know, I've used it before and just said, hey, tell me about this. And there were some things that I hadn't thought about right and it gets you back to that now my question is this uh-huh is it plagiarism if you copy that and use it yes just yes it is you unless you're gonna cite <laughs> so how do you cite that because <laughs> that's there that's not an apa or mla well so i'm going to tell you the same thing i tell my students when they say <laughs> how do i cite that the purdue owl website <laughs> Is it, you go there and it will tell you exactly how to cite it. Um, cite it just like any other website. Exactly. Um, but I think that's one way that we can use it. You know, I've had students start using it to, I mean, I work with undergraduate students and graduate students. And one of the things we know about undergrads right now, 
coming into college is they are not prepared with time management skills. Right. And I don't know that we were prepared with time management skills, but I am a little bit better. Than, I am telling you, yeah. they are not prepared with time right. management skills. So, you know, one of the things that I have spent a lot of time doing is working with students on time management skills. Well, now I'm starting to change the way I work with them to have them go and use one of these bots to tell them a little bit about time management. Then let's have a discussion and and figure out where to go. Right? Because I can use that as a precursor. Go on whichever one you want to choose, doesn't matter, and ask it to tell you about time management. And then when you come to my office and we sit down to work on it, you've at least gotten an idea in your head about what it is. Right. Right. So in my mind, it gives me a little bit of a precursor for learning, too. It can suggest strategies to them. Right. I want my students to be able to find strategies on their own. Because, again, I work with undergrads. Right. That means that they like to study in the hours that I like to sleep. Right. And I don't want them sitting there studying and struggling and emailing me, which, you know, I'm not going to check my email because I'm asleep, and them to waste their study time. I would much rather them, if they get stuck, go see if they can find an answer, go see if they can find something to help, and then come to me the next day and let's talk about it. But don't lose your whole your whole time. If you're struggling with, you know, we're talking about accommodations and modifications in the classroom, or we're talking about adaptive technology. You know what? Go find some stuff out about adaptive technology. And, and in my mind, I mean, I'm just going to flat tell you, I have been using these things when I'm stuck. When I want a new way to do something, when I want a new idea about how to do something, that means I've also sat and taught my students how to do that. So so now we're coming up with, I've got two girls in my educational technology class that both want to teach high school Spanish once they're out and licensed. And one of them came up the other day and she goes, couldn't I use this as one way to work with students being able to have a conversation in that foreign language yeah you can think about google translate's been out there for a little while well google translate's maybe not the most reliable it's it's better off now because it's learned it's adaptive right it it has adapted and it's getting there when you take a look at the primitive ais and that's the biggest thing and that's goes into the one that i was talking about it taught itself uh chemistry like right now now the learning and adaptive getting better right those those, you know they still may not be none of them's perfect no uh and none of it should be in the place of education or in the place of the student doing the work But I think there are ways to teach our students how to use it and use it for good. Now, Now, what happens if you teach them to use it for good? The ones that just needed a little extra help, they come along and here we go. They've got a little bit of extra help. They're going to use that as a supplementary (laughs) material, just like any other supplementary material we would give them. 
the ones that really were just going to be lazy and cheat, I got news for you. They're going to be lazy and cheat one way. I don't care what you do. They're going to be lazy and cheat. There's going to be somebody, you know, and I find that kind of interesting because, you know, we get those. And what's funny is you get some of those individuals that they get the right teacher and then all of a sudden that changes. Right. You know, and that we've talked about that more than once on here about, you know, inspiring versus uh, catching them. But, you know, going to all this, I think one of the things that we have to look at is the fact that one of the reasons why this scares so many people is because people are afraid to use it. Right. And so when you tell me, oh, it's only for bad. So what have you done on it so far? Right. And the answer well, would and be I, nothing. And I think that that's, you know, that's kind of why when we first started and I was like, have you ever asked Siri to do something? Do you have an Alexa that you talk to? Ways. You know. For travel. Ways for travel. I mean, there's all sorts of them. And I think... AI in general has gotten this crazy bad rep. We've seen some movies, you know, that have been created where they've taken over. Yes, you watch movies like that, and I go to sleep. What was that one? It had um, Will Smith in it. Wasn't that one of those movies? Uh, I Robot. Yeah, that was one of those where the where the robots took over yeah. the world, right? Okay, um, I went to sleep because cause... Th- they had three rules. And within the three rules, we were violating them. Right. And but I think that I think that there is a fear surrounding it. You know, and I. What does it require for us to teach them how to use it for good? We have to understand. We have to understand it. Okay, so here I think is where the rub is. For most people in education. Because I still don't know anybody that's walking around saying, hey, I got tons of extra time this right. week. I want to go do something fun. There's an AI that will help you with that. There actually is. It's called uh, Motion, the Motion app. And, and you can actually tell it to put in your task into your, compu- uh, into your computer how long you estimate it's going to take and, and a deadline. And it finds right. the time in your schedule and actually blocks it out for you. Yeah. I mean, and that's the kind of thing that I'm saying. We could use this really really well to help our students we have to know how to use it which means we have to take some time and i think in my mind what has happened is on one hand you have ai is scary and it's going to take over the world and it's this big huge humongo thing that's really hard to learn and then on the other hand you have people that don't have a whole lot of extra time hanging out and so they sit there and they go, I don't have time to learn that. I don't have time to learn about AI. Right? I don't have time to think about how Alexa can help me in my classroom. Okay, but hold on a second, because it might save you some time in your classroom. It it might, you know, setting up even even in those really young grades, setting up reminders. Right. You know, then it takes you what, ten minutes to set it up? At most. And then you have reminders for the whole year about whatever it is you needed. Remind me on Mondays that we go to music and Tuesdays that we go to art, you know, whatever the schedule is. You can have it play little songs that your students know. Oh, that's the lunch song. Right. You know, um, there's things like that that we can do and we can use it for that will really be beneficial to us. Um, and I just, I think if we're not looking at it that way, we're missing out 
Well, and, and I think one of the key things with all of this is the fact that we help the student find the tools and the resources along with the knowledge. Right. Because, you know, as we go, uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up is going back to the very beginning when we talk about the textbook, giving an open book exam. If they don't know it. Right. They're not going to find it. If they're having, you know, if the question is, why is two plus two four? And they don't know where in the book it is because it's not there. They're going to spend all their time looking for that, and they're not going to get the rest right. of the stuff. So, well, like, and I think it goes... Utilize it, educate them. But again, you, you kind of, as the as the leader in the classroom, you have to know what's there and how it can, how it can be beneficial. Yeah. And I think it, you know, at least, and this is kind of, I guess, one of my teaching philosophies, but I don't need them to know the piddly knowledge. I'm not as concerned if they remember the date. I, it it doesn't bother me if you don't know the date that the Revolutionary War started and ended. But do you know what the Revolutionary War was and why it happened and what happened because of it? Because you know what? We do live in an age that I can ask my phone what the start date of the Revolutionary War is and right. it'll tell me. And even going back, you know, we've we've had the Encyclopedia Britannica and right. for different versions and and we could go back and search this stuff up. It's not like it's right. all just completely And if you need that for your life, for your job, that's fine. Yeah. But if you don't, that that's not you know, sometimes we get caught up in the minutia and forget the bigger deal lesson. And, and what is it that we want them to remember and to take out of it? Um, and so I feel like, you know, some of that that minutia AI can help us with and and maybe even helping them understand better how to, what study skills are, how to find things, those kinds of things. I just feel like... It is out there, and we've got two choices. It's, we can use it or we can fight it. And I'll just be honest, I see a use for it, so I'm not going to fight it. I, I got in, enough battles. In some of the daily emails that we get on education, you get right. you get one, you know, it's a compendium of, of news out there, and one university's putting up ways to fight it, and the other one's like, let's use it. And right. Like, you know, and so... Have a, have a little bit of. Have I'm a just bit of ready. Fun. I'm just it. ready to not fight. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not fight. You know, find out find out something a little bit about it. So, right. feel good. Tip of the week. All right, tip of the week. So use AI. No. <laughs> yes, that is one. Use AI. Use Absolutely. Um, set reminders. <laughs> um, no, that actually is not my tip of the week. My tip of the week is about podcasting. Podcasting. What was that? Wrong one. That is what that one was, though. I got to give a shout out to Michael Channon. Boy, he sent me a message. He loves our sound effects. Oh, All right. Michael. Michael, I don't think is feeling very good. I think I saw that on yeah. his LinkedIn. He was not feeling good. So, Michael, I hope you're feeling better. Um, What? <laughs> what were you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. So, my tip is all about 
podcasting um, and using podcasting as an assessment in your classroom. Um, that is definitely a way to give your students some of a voice to be heard. Uh, it is something that you can use for assessment. You can have them instead of writing a paper, they can do a podcast about a topic. You can have them do a podcast from the point of view of a historical figure. Um, and even down all the way into, let's go with our pre-K with our four-year-olds. Um, using podcasting at the end of the week and just having one or two students each week talk about what they did that week and what they learned that you could put, and you can put it out privately or publicly, where their parents could hear them yep. and you know they're having to tell you what they learned so that is another review it's another way to check assessment um, and I guess that particular idea came to me when my sister was in Japan and now she's in South Dakota South, um, South Dakota all, we anybody from South Dakota I don't know how y'all do it with all that snow and coldness because um, that's not fun <laughs> she got loads of snow but her kids were going, or her oldest was going to school. Her youngest is getting ready to start school. You know, and we haven't been able to be a part of that at all because they've been so far away. So it would, I would love just to have once a week to get to hear what they've done. Right. You know, and I think that's a great way that you can get some community involvement and get some family involvement, especially for people that, you know, maybe they aren't available to come during the day. And, and work at school or or maybe they're not available to come at night to to school functions. And, I, you know, anytime we can get, in my mind, more family involvement in, in the classroom, I think we're doing good. And, so and use podcasts. They're easy. Um, you don't I, make it complex. I don't want to say any idiots can do it, but, you know, <laughs> but we're doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't make it complex. Don't I mean, make it complex. You know, it doesn't have to we, be a big deal. We've talked a lot about technology and stuff throughout here. You could you can simply take your phone. Right. And do a podcast. You can take your computer and do a podcast. Um, with the technologies that are out there, You could, as you said, you can do it privately within your group right. through, a, through email, or you can toss it up. On on which right. uh, podcast for Spotify, which is now not just Anchor, not just right? Anchor, right? Um, but uh, so and another another added benefit out of that is that our kids, if we're doing that and we're doing it, you know, kind of starting out early, they're getting used to that speaking, that public speaking, that hearing their own voice, those kinds of things. Yeah. Which I mean, they need to they need to yep. be able to do that. Absolutely. So as we conclude today, we'd like to say that we always look forward to recording these episodes and engaging with each of you, including with our sound effects. Michael absolutely loved. So Sylvia likes the sound effects, too. All right. See, it's not just my guys. You know, Sylvia, we love it. got to love it. So anyway, I think Trinity does, too. However, without your feedback, we do not know what you're thinking. So please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find out all about us on the Perfect Chaos website at www.perfect-chaos.org. And don't forget to follow our social medias on Twitter and Instagram at a or sorry at perfect chaos seven facebook is at a perfect chaos seven and then ron is keeping up our tiktok at perfect underscore chaos underscore podcast you can also find us personally on twitter at mine is at dr 
R. Blevins. I totally just forgot it for a second. <laughs> and you can find me at DS Blev. If you're following us on the Anchor.fm platform, which is now changing to po- podcast by Spotify, uh, you can uh, hit the message button and send us a voice message. We've seen a few of those over the little bit. Uh, we'd love to hear some more. So don't forget, we've also lo- opened up the listener support tab. If you feel led, you can support our podcast with a small donation. That will be used to expand our podcast capabilities. But until next week, remain calm in your perfect chaos. <laughs>